Hey everyone, Laszlo Montgomery with you once again. This is the Chinese Sayings Podcast. As some of you may have noticed, you can now get this program not only on the Chinese Sayings Podcast feed, but also on the China History Podcast feed. And what I found out is that despite all my milk toast efforts at spreading the word about this show, not to mention these Chinese Sayings Podcast shows being available since 2017 fleet-wide on Cathay Pacific Airways... Still, this labor of love has been relegated to a niche inside a well-hidden room that very few seem to know about. But not anymore. It's moving up in the world, and the CSP is now being made available simultaneously on the China History Podcast feed. And why not? Every single one of these Chinese sayings are rooted in history that we've already covered to some extent or another in previous CHP episodes. So, give it a shot and see if you like them. They're all quite short, and... Hey, no one ever said that learning a new Chengyu or Chinese saying was going to hurt anyone. And this time we're going to give Jiechu Dai Chou a once-over and see how this term, to borrow chopsticks to make a plan on someone's behalf, came about. Like a healthy share of these Chinese sayings, this one comes to us from Sima Qian's Records of the Grand Historian, from the chapter Liu Hou Shi Jiao, the family of Liu Hou, Marquis Liu was one of the honorary titles given to one of the dramatist personae of our Cheng Yu for this time. But before we dive in, let's break these four characters down and see what we got to work with this time. Jie Zhu Dai Chou, to jie something, is to borrow or lend, or in this example, to make use of. Zhu is another word for chopsticks. Jie Zhu, to borrow chopsticks. And Dai means to take the place of or substitute. Last character, chou, means to prepare or plan. It also means strategy as a noun, as well as a chip, a gambling chip. So, jie zhu dai chou, borrow or make use of chopsticks, to dai chou, take the place of strategy. Well, maybe ChatGPT can figure this one out easy, but for anyone unfamiliar with this backstory, I don't think so. Today's story from Sima Qian is straight out of the Chu Han contention, the Chu Han Zhangzheng. That's right, the epic battle between Xiang Yu and Liu Bang following the fall of the Qin dynasty. These two larger-than-life figures from the late 3rd century BC battled for supremacy to become the new emperor of China, just like Ying Zheng did back in 221 BC when he founded the Qin dynasty. In 204 BC, the Chu general Xiang Yu had the Han general Liu Bang trapped in Xingyang, today's western Zhengzhou. Liu Bang was obsessive about wanting to vanquish Chu king Xiang Yu. Even during mealtimes, Liu Bang gathered his men together and always discussed their next moves and their strategy. And it was during one of these mealtime conferences that Liu Bang called upon one of his ministers a Confucianist of note named Li Yiji, to proffer his ideas for what was to be done with Xiang Yu. Li Yiji advised, To solve this matter, we should look to the past for guidance. You recall back when the Xia dynasty was defeated, the new Shang dynasty king granted feudal territories to the descendants of Xia. And when the Shang dynasty was displaced in its turn, the new king Wu of Zhou granted territories to the descendants of Shang, and after that... Everything was fine, but times have changed since those days from centuries ago. The situation now is thus. The Qin dynasty, who preceded us, lacked any understanding of honor and custom, 
and abandon the concept of ruling by moral guidance and virtuous principle, embracing legalism instead. Thus, when the Qin was established, it granted no concessions to the former nobility of those kingdoms it conquered. Now, if you were to vow to remedy this situation by granting territories to the six warring states destroyed by the Qin, well, this would gain you great goodwill in all those lands. And the nobility and common folk of those former kingdoms would see that you, Liu Bang, king of Han, are a benevolent ruler, and they will therefore follow you willingly. Then you will be able to face Xiang Yu and his southern armies as a hegemon of the north. By then, Xiang Yu will have no choice but to surrender to your superior rule. Well, Liu Bang sat silent and thought about this plan. And then feeling satisfied, Liu Bang at once ordered seals to be carved, decreeing his concession of territories to the nobles of each of the six kingdoms that had been absorbed by the Qin dynasty. But before Li Yiji could rise from the dinner table, in came another advisor named Zhang Liang. Zhang Liang's counsel had been useful before, so Liu Bang turned to Zhang Liang and recounted Li Yiji's strategy to him and asked his trusted advisor his opinion. Zhang Liang immediately exclaimed, Whose idea was this? If you adopt this plan, you're doomed. Liu Bang was taken aback, and you could hear the, the murmuring in the room amongst all the senior Han military men. Well, why is that? Liu Bang asked. Zhang Liang replied, Well, I'll be able to better tell you if you'll let me use the chopsticks on the table to illustrate my point. Yep, it's right here, early in the story, that Zhang Liang mentions the four characters when he tells his king that he will jiezhu dai chou. He was going to use these chopsticks on the table to make his point. And grabbing all the chopsticks in his fist, Zhang Liang began to explain. First of all, in the past, when King Tang of Shang set the precedent of granting territories to the descendants of the conquered dynasty... He had already cornered Xia into such a position that their demise was certain. Are your Han forces in such a position that Chu's demise is imminent? Do you see Xiang Yu giving up or weakening? Liu Bang was forced to admit that his army enjoyed no such position, and this contention between himself and Xiang Yu was far from over. Zhang Liang threw down a single chopstick on the table and said, Well, that is the first reason you cannot adopt this plan. Secondly, what Li Yiji says about King Wu of Zhou granting fiefdoms to the descendants of Shang is very true. But, by the time King Wu gave away those territories, his capture and subsequent execution of his enemy, the last king of Shang, King Zhou, was all but certain. Can you say the same about your opponent, Xiang Yu? Liu Bang again admitted that he could not. Zhang Liang threw down a second chopstick and said, and that is another reason his plan will surely fail. Thirdly, when King Wu of Zhou conquered the capital of Shang, he restored order to the ravaged city immediately. He had posters made proclaiming the new order, he had the tombs of the Shang kings refurbished, and he set free the Shang princes he had captured during battle. Do you have the resources to restore order to the cities that you'll have to destroy in order to defeat Xiang Yu in battle? Again, Liu Bang said that he did not. Zhang Liang threw down a third chopstick and said, and that is the third reason this plan is no good. After the fighting to overthrow the Shang dynasty had ended, 
King Wu distributed grain from his own granaries and silver from his own treasuries to assuage the sufferings of the peasants. Do you have King Wu's deep pockets that will allow you to placate the common folk following your victory? Once again, Liu Bang had to admit, his situation was far from equal to King Wu's back in the 11th century BC. Zhang Liang threw down a fourth chopstick and said, and that is the fourth reason you cannot go ahead with this. When King Wu of Zhou conquered Shang, he had all his war chariots converted to carts for everyday transport. He had his army's weapons put away and stored upside down and threw tiger skin cloth over the arms to signify that he had no intention of using them again. Now, when you give away your territories to the former warring states' nobles, can you make the same promise that you'll never disturb the peace again? Liu Bang said that he could not. Zhang Liang threw down a fifth chopstick and said, and that is the fifth reason you cannot give away your territories now. When he had conquered Shang, King Wu of Zhou pastured his war horses south of the Hua Mountain to show that he had no more use for them. Once you've distributed these lands, can you set your war horses to pasture? Liu Bang admitted he would always need them to be battle-ready all the time. Zhang Liang threw down a sixth chopstick and said, and that's the sixth reason you should not distribute lands to the former lords. After he had pastured his war horses, King Wu of Zhou also pastured his transport oxen north of Taolin to show that no longer would he be using them to supply armies. Can you also make this gesture of peace? Liu Bang was silent. There was no need to say that he could not do what King Wu did. Zhang Liang threw down a seventh chopstick and said, and that's the seventh reason you cannot go forth with this plan. Now, last but not least, these former lords of the six defeated warring states have abandoned their ancestral lands and bid goodbye to their friends and family to join your army, all in hopes that if you win against Xiang Yu of Chu, you might one day grant them a feudal territory. If you were to grant them that territory now, before you have gained victory... They'll take their soldiers, throw down their arms, and return to their own lands. Their loyalty to you has no roots. And after they've secured territory of their own through your graciousness, they're free to transfer their support to Xiang Yu if they wish. What can you do about it? Then where will you get your allies who will help you in your campaign against Chu? Saying this, he threw down the eighth chopstick. Staring down at eight chopsticks worth of reasons on the table before him, Liu Bang spat out his food in his mouth and cursed Li Ji, saying, You useless bookworm, if I had listened to the impractical advice you gave me, my affairs would be ruined. And immediately, he sent people to retrieve the seals he had ordered sent out to the six former lords. They were brought back and destroyed. And ever since the grand historian's mention of this Vignette from Chinese history, these words, jie zhu dai chou, are used in sentences to describe the action of helping someone else strategize or come up with a plan. Sometimes they'll just say jie zhu, borrow chopsticks, to mention the act of helping someone strategize with whatever their perplexing problem is. But if someone you know is trying to think up a strategy or course of action to take and they don't know what to do, you could step in and jie chu dai chou. You don't have to actually use chopsticks to dramatize your point, but 
by uttering these words from 2,000 and more years ago, your aims are clear. You're just trying to help someone strategize what to do. Okay, this was a long story, but like it is with all these Chung Yus, having this info stored in your random access memory eh, might come in handy one day. As always, Emma did the behind-the-scenes heavy lifting for this episode, marshalling the forces at the Chengyu Yanzhou Zhongxin in historic Beijing, China. Emma got all the new carpeting installed last week, got the feng shui all sorted out, got a deal on that too. Okay, thanks for listening, everyone, if you made it this far. This is Laszlo Montgomery signing off from rainy L.A. Thank God for that. Please uh, do consider coming back again next time for another exciting episode of the Chinese Sayings Podcast.